Good morning, Matt Waldman. How are you today? Good morning, Bob Harris. Pretty good, man. I I can walk up and down stairs without a without some crutches ah. one week later. So I'm maybe five or six days out before I can take the the the, the box safety back out to the park. The irony of the crutches being manufactured by a company of the same name as the perpetrator of your injury uh, is remarkable. Yeah, I love the smack talk. I mean, my, my wife and I engage in a lot of smack talk, so it, it, it's only fitting that the dog would get into it in the family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm feeling great today, by the way. Slightly better yeah. than probably Dan Campbell. Yeah, probably so, but you know... Overall, we should still be feeling great about Dan Campbell, don't you? But it seems like a contentious thing. What are your thoughts on that? So I think it's interesting that the thing we're complaining the most about is the thing that probably was as much responsible for them getting where they are. Like, right? Like, so we're talking about, in case you missed this game somehow, uh, Dan Campbell aggressively going for it on fourth downs and, and, you know, maybe questionable circumstances or not. Right, like this is this has been his modus operandi all season long. Uh, the him being true to that and it going wrong, it's basically a 50-50 proposition, right? And yeah. you know, like I mean, there are things I would question more than I would question those decisions or the essentially the the, the last one where he elected not to kick a field goal and go for the go for the touchdown. I mean, yes, I would have that, and and I can go back to the Dallas game. And I feel like he cost him that game. He cut off his nose despite his face when his his uh, wonky tackle eligible play. Yep. That honestly, you know, I know the sentiment is, oh, well, we told them in advance. Well, you know, if you listen to Dean Blandino, who the former head of officiating, who had a really good, you know, take on this was like, if he told that to the referee, the referee would have told him, no, you're not doing that. You have one guy report in, you know, the, op the whole idea of somebody reporting in is so the other team knows what's going on obfuscating that with some chicanery is not like really acceptable so whatever you know the the his decision to twice can go for that you know two part twice after that i thought was you know just total hubris right like yeah. i'll show them this felt less like that but a little like that and i guess that's what people are going to focus on but in general that's been his approach to everything right and if you go out and kind of look at the analytics it wasn't a bad decision. It just didn't. It wasn't a great outcome. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna nail him too hard for that. He's turned this franchise around. You know, it wasn't him that had a interception bounce off his face. Drop it wasn't passes. Him, right, drop passes. Josh Reynolds, you were my guy. What happened, man? Uh, but, but, but also, um, you know, like if I was gonna complain about a play call, it would be that run at the end. Right, it would be you know the run with a minute left, you know, at the near the goal line when two passes might have been, you know, the wiser choice of course of action. So yeah. you wouldn't have to burn the timeout. And so, so yeah, that's my complaint there. Beyond that, I think you know, looking at this team, I mean, you think about a team that's set up for future success. Uh, you know, I mean, I think Jared Goff has established himself as more than serviceable. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say more than serviceable, at least serviceable. Right, you've got a dynamic running back duo that gives you all the pieces. You know, everything fits together and works out really well with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, who you know, by the way, some of us were really in on him from the get-go. But that's a whole another story, whole another story. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, look, Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams showed up. How many people are going to overdraft Jamison Williams based on this game? The Gabe Davis factor will be in effect, people. Be careful of it. I mean, I'm I'm optimistic for him, but don't draft him based on this game. Uh, Sam Laporta, one of the best young tight ends, if not the best young tight end in the game. So there's a lot to hang their hat on. And some of the rookies on the defensive side, Aiden Hutchinson. Brian I Branch. Suppose, Brian Branch, huge factor. Linebacker Jack Campbell will be an increasing factor over time. You could argue that maybe those weren't great you know, huge needs. They, they maybe they had other needs, or there were better players available uh, at those points in the draft. I mean, some would argue that about Jameer Gibbs, and I say, ah, fuck those people. I'd say, um, ah, fuck those people about Brian Branch. If you haven't watched, you haven't watched Brian Branch this this year, you're you've missed out. He, I, I he's more, arguably defensive rookie of the year. I, I haven't I haven't heard much uh, much consternation about Branch. That's for sure. But but even Gibbs, I mean, his performance was fantastic. You know, you could argue they had other needs, like maybe cornerback. Uh, <laughs> for one, right? So, 
so I get it, but also I get you Jameer Gibbs. He's my guy. Uh, but they're in a good position, I think, going forward. The big question mark here is going to be, uh, will somebody do them a favor of hiring away Aaron Glenn or do them the disservice of hiring Ben Johnson? The latter seems way more likely to me at the moment. The, the commanders seem to be heading towards hiring Johnson, the offensive coordinator. That seems to have been baked into the cake early on when they hired Adam Peters as their GM away from San Francisco. I don't know if that's 100% going to be the case. There are two openings. I'm guessing Ben Johnson will get one. And McDonald, the uh, Baltimore, Mike McDonald, the Baltimore defensive coordinator, seems like he's a rising uh, piece of that puzzle as well. So he may get the other, but we'll see. Um, San Francisco side of the ball, Matt, I thought like Brock Purdy, uh, I was I was watching you Twitter during the first half. I saw the hatred for Brock Purdy. <laughs> <clears throat> I made a comment last night in the chat. Brock Purdy is demonstrating he got a little of that dog in him on that first long run in the fourth quarter. I mean, put his head down, um, made the plays when it was necessary. The things about, you know, whatever your complaints are about Brock Purdy, the things that remedy whatever those complaints are, are the things around him, starting with Christian McCaffrey, who had 130-plus yards from scrimmage against a super tough run defense. But it doesn't matter what the defense does. Christian McCaffrey's going to get his. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk making a phenomenal play on the aforementioned bounce off a of face mask. George Kittle making some big plays. Um, and... Like, their defense can play, the evidence notwithstanding in the first half, I think, you know. So, uh, I think San Francisco is in a really good spot and in a really good spot for fantasy managers going forward. I know the, the discussions about Brock Purdy, the questions are going to continue about Brock Purdy if they don't win the Super Bowl. We will start hearing the rumors that they were looking at Tom Brady or that they, you know. I mean, look, they have a history of being a little skittish at quarterback. They, have, they were more than willing to move away from Trey Lance to, despite a ton of draft capital invested. I'm sure if they felt like it was the move to make that 262nd pick they invested in Brock Purdy is like nothing to them. So, so sure, but I think Purdy is doing everything. You know, we've talked about him at length, Matt, over the course of the year for this reason, right? There are always going to be doubters about his ability. I thought he did a fine job. Was it perfect? No. Uh, but he has a great supporting cast, and they also have a great defense, except for Chase Young. Yeah, his skills are subtle, and it's the su subtle skills that matter. It's not the things that are most obvious that you that you hear about quarterback play that gets everyone all excited, and then those guys bust. Um, you know, arm strength, big size, big school, big big stats. You know, interviewed well at the combine, whatever it is that the mainstream media reports about those guys. So you know, the fact that they can't see it is why they complain about it, and when they see the the broad overarching things where you have the ebbs and flows of the game. If it's not perfect with him, then he's no good. So that's any, all fine. Any other takeaways you have from that game? Well, I mean, for me, I want to go back to Detroit and you just mentioned, I mean, the most important thing is that offensive line. And with Dan Campbell, we, you know, that offensive line is great. And I'm not so worried about coordinators. We overrate coordinators. It's players that actually make the difference more often than not now if the coordinators screw up the game plan enough where they're not leveraging the player's strengths and they're completely you know they take a player who's better at spread concept football and now you're going to put them under center then yes that's a bad decision but in terms of what plays to call and and, and all of that it's a bit overrated until we get into the minutia of the championship game and let's consider this with Dan Campbell I don't know the guy is a ballsy play a ballsy coach he came in there basically you, you know with that intention in mind and he's lived oh, yeah. up to that and you're gonna be aggressive and take chances and you're gonna believe and it's showing belief in your team and is he gonna make mistakes yeah. along the way just like his quarterback or just like a cornerback or any player in a big game situation absolutely but to me, the idea that because he's going to lose his coordinators, now, you know, this was a one and done for Detroit. That to me, that it, it's going to, there are a lot of factors right. that may go into why they don't <clears throat> get back to this point next year because it's hard to do. But one thing that is clear, um, I want that guy as my coach. No, there is not another, yeah. there's not another <clears throat> coach in the league I would rather have for my team because that guy that guy's do he's a he's a manager of his team and he will manage 
the people who need to be to put them in the right places and to oversee things on a certain level did he make those play calls i doubt it i he's is he going to take responsibility for those play calls absolutely and he's strong enough to deal with what's going on right now in the aftermath i'm <clears throat> i'm a huge fan and nothing about I, what he did changed my mind about that totally agree uh, two two points on that number one i always uh, stand for uh, fellow metallic fans too um I think, you know, you mentioned, will he learn from those mistakes? I don't know that he will, and I don't know that I expect him to, right? I think yeah. those are not necessarily mistakes in his mind. They just were not the great outcomes. No, and I, I, I just uh, mean, like, certain specific plays. Right. Not yeah. like, yeah, right. not, not some of the ones that people are blaming. Yeah, I think on the coordinator, too, you make a good point. Like, I'd be more, you know, I'd be more concerned if Bobby Slowick was moving on from Houston, where you've got a defensive coach and you have a young quarterback that had a – unexpected development and an offense that was wildly more productive than probably any of us believe. I think that would be a more concern for me than in Detroit where you have those established players. And and I think that's more of a top-down situation as you suggested. So I'm with you there. All right. Yeah. What, what did we see in uh, what did we see in Baltimore that, that raises our eyebrows? I mean, again, this, let's remember this is Lamar Jackson's first year in this offense. I think he said it perfectly. He was – and – you know he's the type of guy that when he says something he means it. Yes. He's not a he's not a bullshitter like no. a lot of people who play the game because Lamar Jackson. I'll just put lay it out. Lamar Jackson is a black man playing quarterback who wasn't given really much of um, the same. Um, I would say opportunities in certain ways. Like, he's gotten the opportunities to, to compete and play, but without the level of criticism and obstacles in his way at every turn. Everything he said he's going to do, he's pretty much done at, up to this point in terms of, you know, <clears throat> performing. And so he's a straightforward guy because the, the system where we play the game doesn't work for him. That's not... No. It doesn't work for him. It only works for some people. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. That's how it's been. And he's not one of those people that it works for. So he's gone his own way and it's worked. So I like when he stands up there at the, you know, he doesn't dress up before the game to win points because if, if he dresses up, then people are going to make fun of like how he looks and how flashy he is or what he did. They're going to critique him more. That's just normally how that shit goes. You know, he could dress up like Tom Brady and they would probably say he's phony. You, you know, so he, he, he's, he comes in, do tries to do the job. And at the end of the press conference this week, he was angry with himself and he defended his teammates and he, and he talked about how, you know, this is our first year in the offense. You know, we had a good year for the first year in our offense. Obviously, I thought we could get farther. I'm angry with myself. You know, there are things we can do better, but I'm optimistic about where that can go. And I'm absolutely 100% convinced about that because your only receiver of worth, not your tight end, your only receiver of worth was Zay Flowers of like real, like every down worth. And he's a rookie. And you don't think you're going to make better adjustments with him now that he's not having to learn the offense? Now you can just spot the nuances of looking back at the game tape and going, here's where we should have adjusted. Here's where we should adjust in the future in these situations. Here's how defenses are going to play us. Now that we've had eight weeks of football to scout and go, oh, this is what they figured out about us. Here's how we counter that. We're going to have three or four contingencies in the book that we needed eight weeks of football to probably see. And now we got a whole off season to prepare for that. You don't think they're going to get better with that? Rashad Bateman always hurt. Odell Beckham, we knew he was always going to be a part-time player. And Isaiah Likely, as good of a story as he is, he ain't Mark Andrews. And Mark Andrews was hurt for most of the year. So, right. and you, oh, and you lost your, you lost arguably your best offensive skill player after. Uh, after those two, Lamar Jackson and, and J.K. Dobbins, who easily could have been your best offensive skill player based on the talent well, that, that he offense? had. And he based made... on how that offense is the, 
ran out over the season. I mean, run heavy yeah. offense. They're running with, I mean, they were doing makeshift running back all year. Let's just be honest about that. So, really, to get to this game with what that all that is, Ravens fans, once they get past the, the sting of this, should be really happy about the direction of their team. And, you know, I just think that it's... Um, I just think that the future is very bright. And while, you know, you just have to understand the difference between those two teams, the Chiefs have continuity. Even losing Tyreek Hill, they have continuity of coaching staff, system, quarterback, key elite skill player. And, you know, even through all the all the ups and downs, Remember the Patriots for all those years. Every midseason, oh, the Patriots are over. Oh, their offense is bad. Oh, this guy's missing. They're going to really miss him. Oh, this guy's hurt. That's really going to happen. Tom Brady's struggling, you know, and they win another Super Bowl. This is this is kind of where the Chiefs are right now. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, for me, you know, everything you said about Baltimore is 100% true, all right? Like, uh, I have questions in this game, maybe, uh, you know, a more concerted effort to run. I mean, how many carries did we have between Justice Hill and Gus Edwards? It was, like, yeah. minimal. I thought there should have been, you know, more of an effort. And it's not like, uh, you know, Kansas City was, you know, going great guns in the second half. The Ravens played fine defense in the second half. He's yeah. scoring points. So, so, <clears throat> so, and... and like, I thought this game was, you know, in question until the Flowers fumble at the goal line. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I hear the complainers. The Chiefs, to me, uh, uh, look like they can play some defense. They look like they can play some offense. They've got just enough pieces, like, between Pacheco, Kelsey, and Rasheed Rice, and whoever else shows up in the moment. Yeah. Because clearly they can, including Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, it's not uh, it's not the norm. I'm, I got you, but I mean, I, I think they have enough to you know to to probably play with anyone. That said, I wouldn't. I'm not excited about their chances against the Niners, but we'll we'll see how that plays out. I I just think for you know right now, like looking at some of the values for some of these players as we head into next season, um, you know, Lamar Jackson is going to be if he's not quarterback two, he's quarterback three. He'll he'll supplant Mahomes at the top of the ranks. Uh, and, and the only question is, does he move ahead of Jalen Hurts? Maybe not now that they've hired a big-name offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore. Um, you know, what right or wrong, I mean, people are going to have feelings about that without seeing any evidence of outcomes or possible outcomes. So um, <clears throat> so I think, you know, that's to me, you know, to me, Lamar Jackson, I'm going to be mad that I'm not getting value on him next year because you're not. Yep, uh, Patrick Mahomes, you are. Patrick yes. Mahomes is going to be going to be a value of going quarterback i mean it's not like he's going to fall out of the top five probably you know not far beyond four it's where you're getting him as opposed to where you've gotten him in the past which is the second or third round if i'm seeing him later and there's a hole in my draft where oh there he is and i don't like anyone else i'll have a fair amount of Mahomes there travis kelsey is going to be a value next year yeah. um meaning he's not going in the first round yeah. and meaning that a lot of people are going to take sam laporta ahead of him also i would remind those people Travis Kelsey was not bad this year. He just wasn't Kelseyan. He was still tight end one. So, you know, and this game demonstrated what he is still capable of. If you thought for some reason his uh, skill set has diminished, I would advise you to rewatch yesterday's game. He'll be fine. And same, yeah. same with Rasheed Rice. I'm really eager to see. And if they add a piece around, you know, whether it's one of those top free agents, which to me seems like unlikely. If it's one of the top, I mean, the top three are pretty clear cut to me. T. Higgins, Mike Evans, and uh, Michael Pittman Jr. And I think the only one that probably is, uh, you know, I don't know if any of them are in play, right? Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. is the only one I haven't heard. You know, I've heard talk that the Bengals will franchise T. Higgins. That has not talked, stopped other teams from talking about him. I'm sure Brian Callahan has some thoughts on this as he moves to Tennessee from Cincinnati. Um you know, so we'll see. But but them adding another, you know, here's the funny thing. Brett V seems to be really good at drafting everything but wide receivers. Um, and Rasheed Rice is like the notable exception. And so, you know, I there's hope there as well. But beyond that, Brett Veach has a super strong history, yeah. uh, especially with running backs. Yeah. He attempts to find them for free and turn them into things. So 
also Patrick Mahomes. He, he has another one sitting on the bench deep in the bowels of that bench that the Cardinals got rid of in Keontae Ingram, yep. who made people go, oh, whatever. Don't be surprised if he actually has a role next year. Um, if, if That's kind of how it works there. Yeah, that is. Fact from Spencer Ware and Carell Buckhalter, um, <clears throat> you know, way back right. in the days. But yeah, I mean, I love what you what you had to say about those guys, and, and it makes sense. I and mean, you look at the defensive side of the ball. The Jarius Sneed is a good <laughs> cornerback. You yep. have Nick Bolton, who is an excellent um, middle linebacker who can cover the run and blitz. Um, and of course, Chris Jones. I mean, Chris Jones can turn it on at the end of games and be dominant at times. Saw so, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, I mean, I would say most of my IDP rosters have a combination of Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones. And, um, and I have at least three of those four, if not all four of those four, on almost every roster that I play in. Because um, I, I, I think that's very important to uh, have some of those Chiefs too. I mean, like, you know, that's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a good defense. I, I did want to get your uh, Taylor Swift take. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Like, it's, you know, I, I, I mean, good for her. It's all fine. I have a friend who's, I, I laugh because I think, is she like, she, is, is her, is the whole take against her, is it because of her politics and more about social issues? Is it is it that she's like, you know, I think she it, has I a think pro-gay it's, stance and I think and, it, no I think it's just that she's there and getting attention and okay my, I would suggest to those people if that's your really your only issue um if you had a life partner who was supportive of you and showed up at events for you uh you would kind of expect that yeah. right and I'm yeah. sure Travis Kelsey might expect the same the fact is that not all of them are billionaires you yeah. know and Travis superstars yeah and Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift aren't going to put the cameras on me no, they get enough of that. They would probably very much fact, like that not fact, to be the case. Saw, if you saw the game last night, I, I believe there was a point where she said, please go away when the camera was yeah. on her. So Yeah, but this is the NFL producers. Thank yeah. the, the NFL produ the producers oh, of like CBS and NBC and ESPN and any place where, she's, where this game's going to be broadcast. You don't think they're going to say, we need to put cameras on her all the time because we're getting I, more and more ratings. Right. Right, right, and like shocking development. I saw a uh, a one of the news sites last night where the post game celebration with Kelsey and Taylor Swift uh, kissing was above the story about the game. Yeah, outcome. Of course, because it's like, I mean, that's how that works. I mean, I don't really care. Will the NFL leverage that if they can? I think so. Yeah, why wouldn't they? They we've, we've they, they have the military pay for their patriotic displays. And they get, and they have the public pay for their stadiums. If you don't know your league that you love, even if you you then you then you don't really love it unconditionally because you know, or at least you don't love it in its full realistic light, I, which is that it's it it's got this side of it too that's not pleasant. You know, I but, feel like we both had way better takes on Taylor Swift than most of the takes I've seen. So there we go. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. Before we screw it up. We won't. Cause who, I mean, I don't even listen to her. Who cares? I mean, like good for her, Not, whatever, you know? Uh, yeah. She's, she seems to be a, a, an enterprise unto herself and congratulations on her business acumen exactly. and whatever, all the yeah. music talent that clearly people love her. So yeah, I awesome. should probably, more I should power probably to listen. Her. Yeah. More power. All to right. Her. All right. Let's, let's get to something else. I, I, I want to ask you because I get asked a lot. And I have a really simple answer to this. I want to hear your answer. Advice for people who want to get into the fantasy football content creation business. You know, it's, I asked you this question recently off air. So you're going to have the better answer because I don't want to take your answer and repurpose it for, you know, and go, see, I have this great answer, but I will, I'll add some things to it. I'll say that um, so for, for some of you, if you get into this career, for few of you who get into this career, your ascension in it may be very fast. For some of you who get in this career, it may take forever. Um, it may take a long time and it will be a longer slog for you to get to where you wanna go, depending on what your goals are. Um, I think you have to be, I think that if you are a, whether you're single or you are a, have a uh, have a spouse or significant other that you're planning to build a life with um 
I would say they need to have buy-in to what you are planning to do because most of you are transitioning from one job to hopefully maybe making this an extra source of income or hoping you can make this most of you are dreaming that you can make this a full-time thing let's be real I mean we know that somewhere in your heart of hearts if you want to do this a lot of you are hoping for that to happen you need to make sure that your family's on board with this and that they understand that the hours are going to be long that you're going to have to juggle things in a manner where you're going to have to choose things like well I got to be there for kids events but that means I can't be there for dinner or I got to be you know I can't sit and watch TV with you I've got work to do I can't go to bed the same time as you I've got things to do you know you you know trips trips are going to you're going to find trips are a source of consternation for you and that your that your significant other wife or husband is going to be like why are you so grumpy about taking a vacation and it's because you've got to do like twice the amount of work in order to take the time off and now you're tired or you've got to work during your vacation a little bit you know and and do some of that as well because certain things you know or there's only a small window of time where you can take a vacation as mrs rsp would tell you she would say that there was a time that there was a sliver of weeks in june each year and that was the only time we could go anywhere for a while you know um and or that you know somebody'd have a wedding in my family and i'd be like i know this is going to sound like i'm an asshole and it's and i really i want to go and i'm happy for them and looking forward to it but there's a part of me that's like oh shit why did they plan it in mid-february you know i mean <laughs> things like that that are totally selfish it's not you know and i and you realize <laughs> right. that but those are things that those are realities of being in fantasy football is that or in a football related business and especially with fantasy football now covering a lot of the football cycle it becomes more year-round um dynasty being a bigger thing makes it year-round best ball leagues all these drafting the gambling all of that so there's that and then so i would say that's important because you're gonna lose sleep you're gonna lose time you're gonna you're going to have to make choices and some of those choices aren't going to be easy. Are, is your family prepared for that? If you have young kids and do that, I'm just telling you right now, um, if you don't have a good way of managing that and haven't thought about it, um, your, kids are going to re your kids are not going to be happy with you. You need to go into that knowing, you know, I've been fortunate that the kids that I helped raise, I got into this pretty much after they reached a certain age um and and so they were more independent and i was around earlier in ways that i needed to be um but if you got like five-year-old seven ten year anybody less than 12 years old and i would even argue 12 to 18 is very important and you need to be around for that even when they're trying not to be around you <laughs> as much as they were in the past um that's important too and so you know that's one of the biggest pieces of advice and then i'll just say do something original spend time trying to do you know something if you really want to get that foothold i would say you're gonna have to start off doing whatever opportunities are there and showing that you are a capable worker and that you are reliable and that you you're versatile and flexible um and that you're a good teammate and that you're gonna have to start any industry you got to start that way but while you're doing that you should be finding ways to consider how can i develop something that is my own how do i do that and how do i create it in a fashion where when i do get my expanded opportunity to write more than blurbs or to write do more than video production or to do more than you know team reports at football guys or whatever it is that you're starting off with you know that you can do something that people go wow i've never seen that before and that's good 
and believe in it and cultivate it and spend and spend years doing it and sometimes you may try you may try three or four things until you hit on what that is you, you know so i mean i people were no, i was known for something called the crank score at, at one point that's how i got and i laugh because it's like it's it, it's a shitty idea i mean like the 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 <laughs> it's shitty execution on a good idea that's just flawed it's just consistency scores you know it's not predictable it gave a score and that's nice but to me it's like the worst of the ideas that i had it, you know um you know oh no i can think of way worse ideas you've had i'm sure you can <laughs> but you know me well so but you know you're gonna have a lot of those things you're gonna have a lot of misses or certain things that you just go and people go and people will still go nuts for them i still have people writing me asking me am i ever gonna go back to doing those you know 20 years later it's crazy so so yeah i mean cultivate those things so my two things is cultivate something that's original and make sure that you have buy-in from the people that you want to build a life with because they're a part of this ride too and you better and if they are if they have the right mentality they are going to be lifesavers for you if they <laughs> don't have the right mentality for it and there's nothing wrong with them if they don't um it's what's wrong with you if you recognize that and then try and push it because they're going to create more obstacles and you're going to be a very unhappy person and you're going to wish you either never did this you're probably going to wish you had never did this unless you're just an unhealthy asshole and then you're going to wish you never met them which was probably not the right answer what about so you all bob that, yeah all that i mean all that i mean everyone you know everyone who gets you know who's considering this should realize it's a grind because it is yeah. a lot of things are so you're re ready for that be ready for some sweat equity um so all those things matt said um if you want practical advice going forward as you get into this business reps 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 get reps uh you know just like in football the best ability is availability uh if people are calling on you or asking you to jump into their pods their videos their radio shows or whatever uh jump on and get those get those turns and that'll help define you and the more you do the more comfortable you get uh, you know it's just like you know i do a thousand best best ball drafts over the course of the season so when august comes i know every value like nobody's business it's just like it's second nature to me and so and yes i'm only slightly exaggerating on the thousand i am exaggerating but not by a ton um dempsey mike dempsey is doing a thousand plus i'm not but but you get the point he's doing get more than people. a thousand he is doing more than a thousand get reps people uh and you know and hone your skills right like the more you do things the better you get at them this is a remarkable a remarkable thing uh <laughs> that 10, happens hours so, yeah right yeah so just put in the time put in the effort you know you know what you're getting into matt laid it all out and that's the big thing know in advance what you're getting into prepare yourself and the people around you to deal with it and then dive in and get those reps and i do think the one thing that you said that's really you know, find a unique thing to your, you know, that you can turn into your brand or your lane and, and focus on it. You're going to have to do other things, right? Is, you know, until you are established or whatever. And but, even when you are established, right. you may still <laughs> have sure. to do. There's lots of things I do that I go, I don't For really sure. want to do this, but I know I'm part of the team and, and sure. I need to do it and I'm happy to. For sure. So those are the things. So, so there you have it. Get your starting point. Figure yourself out. Uh, figure out the people around you and start getting reps as many as you can. Be available to people who want you to do things, need you to do things, right? Like, I mean, people don't like to sit on their podcast all by themselves for an hour and talk by themselves. They like to have people on to bounce ideas off of. Be available and put yourself out there on X or whatever, uh, where, the, where the people that you want to work with tend to gravitate. Uh, yeah, I know there are more platforms or increasing number of platforms. Go out there and get on those and, and find the people you want to associate with and then introduce yourself and say, hey, uh, I'm, I'm here. Check me out. And, you know, and like you're going to get a lot of people who aren't as interested in you as you would like them to be. Uh, don't worry about it, man. Keep yeah. going. I, and I'm going to I think the one thing you said on our phone call that I want to highlight <laughs> that I think is probably something that is is important some of you are going to listen to this maybe and reach out to bob and i okay and ask for advice on how to get in further advice on how to get in and so tell them what you told me when i was doing that to to ask 
um, someone. You go ahead and phrase it for me. Okay, I'll phrase it for you. Was basically, you shouldn't be asking us right now because we're at a stage of that cycle where we're not breaking in. We broke in 20, 30, 35 years ago. Different world back then. I mean, again, when I, and I'm not even getting to you, when I broke in, Bob Harris was writing for Sports Illustrated. Um, Bob Harris was the guy that I was hoping to like get a fraction to become um, in this space. And, and people still thought fantasy football was something that nerds played in the basement of their mother's house. Um, you know, and there, it wasn't widespread, you know, to me, once a church gets involved in something, you know, it's mainstream. Like we were still a good five years away from church leagues being right. a regular thing when I got into to this and I, and I was still it, and five years removed from like no internet being internet barely being a thing right you know? that, that that's the thing the evolution has been fast and the number of people getting into this super smart people right like yeah. not like people like me and Matt but like actual intelligent <laughs> people who know what they're doing data scientists and engineers and whatnot you we're know, just and, survivors uh, with a little bit of common sense right well you know and uh, I, I mean I think it's just totally applicable but you know like uh Joe Bryant our, our honcho at football guys would say I'd have a hard time hey, getting buddy. a job writing articles for my own site yeah right now and I and I mean like if I started in this business right now I don't know that I would be able to gain you know I don't know if I mean look it's been 30 years so maybe if I persisted over 30 years at some point uh people would have realized hey this guy isn't horrible um but it wouldn't have been the same path it would have been a much different path so you're gonna have to deal with things so when you're asking me for advice realize I don't I didn't deal with some of the obstacles you're gonna have to face Twitter um happy to help happy to help but uh right there's a lot going on TikTok yeah uh which I still haven't uh I don't know how to get there yet so I can help uh, you. Talk to Jeff Manns about that. <laughs> Matt Waldman or Jeff Manns for your TikTokery. <laughs> All right, let's move on. What about what about what are we doing with these All Star games? I mean, we've got the you know the Senior Bowl now. How how should we view these things? Yeah, the Shrine Game and Senior Bowl. There's two ways to look at this. Traditionally, the Shrine Game was always about the late round draft picks. Most of the late round UDFA guys got opportunities at the the Shrine Game, or I would say maybe guys after round four. You know, guys after round four with that type of grade were Shrine Bowl game guys. Guys before fourth round and above were more senior bowl guys. There, obviously, Eric Galco, who used to be part of um, um, Optimum Scouting, um, where my buddy uh, Alex Brown, who's the director of the um, of SMU's recruiting, used to work for Eric. Eric got into and headed up the Shrine game, and he's trying to compete on the same level with the Senior Bowl a little bit. We'll see if the NFL is accepting of that. But he's getting more and more prospects that may be a little bit higher than, you know, fifth, sixth round now. Um, so, but still, regardless of the draft capital of the two events, you, you need to understand just kind of the context of these games, especially the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl is often unofficially known as the the NFL's job fair. That's where that's where scouts and coaches go. They network, they go out to the bars, veets and drink and and talk about shop, sometimes not talk about shop at all, but there's a lot of meetings going on. The, the most important meetings that happen at those All-Star games are with the players. The the players are getting interviewed by teams for you know they get to interview pretty much every player and have an up close personal conversation with these guys and talk about things to get an idea get a better idea to get to know them use their scouting reports that they've already finished they've finished their scouting reports by the time they get here so when they go and watch the practices they're there in the stands some of these guys and certainly they may be watching one or two or three or four players that they really haven't seen enough of or they're they're um small school players who they just want to see athletically match up with the names that they know. But right. they're not vigorously taking notes up there. Okay. They are oftentimes they're sitting there talking. I went to the senior bowl <clears throat> for 10 years straight. I stopped in maybe longer than that. I stopped in 20 after 2020 season and I'll probably come back at some point, but with COVID I wanted to take a few years before I, I left. And then, you know, this year I, my 
I'm about to be a grandpa, so my, my wife has to has to fly out at any moment's notice. Um, so I can't leave this bum over here on my right shoulder, you know, without, you know, on short notice, I got to be around for him. So, you know, that is a, you know, but the point being is I've seen enough of these to be able to tell you, it's like the interviews are important. The on-field stuff can have a layer of importance, but it's like an onions layer of importance, you know, a <clears throat> let, let me, I feel, uh, yeah. So, some of you may or may not have had the distinct pleasure of being questioned by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. We'll not go into why I might or might not have been that, but <laughs> what you know if that's happened to you is they don't ask you any questions they don't already know the answer exactly. to, right? I feel like that's the process here is they know everything they need to know. All they want to do, all the FBI wants to know is what kind of liar you are or aren't. I think all this is is confirmation or not of the things they already know. It's pretty much it, and there's there's very little that they don't know. Right. And they may go into it knowing what they don't know, but at this stage of knowing what you don't know, it's like this much compared to this much. So right. it's, right, right. you know, so the job thing, so for the people who go and make a big importance about this, they're learning about the game, they're learning about the event. If you're going to cover practice, understand that it's best to get tape and cover the game tape practices um, of the practices because you can't see everything at once you've watched if you watch it on nfl.com you'll see why you know so the the takes are not as reliable unless they're watching the tape and that means they're spending all night doing it okay i mean i've done that and i'm telling you you spend all night doing it and even then it's practice so there are certain drills that don't mean as much as others so you know, these are things that you need to take into account is that it's like training camp. You, you know, there's some things that are going to be reliable, some things that are not, and it's only over a course of three days. The interviews can be fun, but again, how interviewing for journalism and interviewing for a job and interviewing for a sports-related job in a highly competitive environment are all very different. So there's great stories. It's fun to go to. It's fun. It's a good networking opportunity also for media to be there. And it's great networking opportunity. And there's a lot of people in media who like to go to tag along with where the NFL players and coaches are and say, Ooh, I got to have a drink with Bill Belichick, or I got to have a drink with Jerry Jones, or I got to do these types of things. Or you get stories. And, you know, one of my favorite stories of the, the senior bowl I'll just share really quickly is that there was an owner there who basically gave up a um, gave up some information that they shouldn't have in a public place and gave people access to something that they still don't know that they gave access to um, basically from their from their inability to understand how security should work you know it's not me so I'm just saying I heard the story and I saw the outcome I saw the outcome so I, I'm not spreading a rumor I literally saw it happened and saw the end result of it and it makes me laugh because it's like that's kind of how loose the environment kind of is because it's mostly job fair kind of stuff so it's a lot of fun i have a lot of great stories with the people that i go used to go with and who i'll probably continue to go back with um and there and some of whom are there now some of them who are there now and the games are fun like the 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 practices are fun and that you will learn things about practice if you haven't if you don't have a football background um but i would advise you to it's going to take you a while to get perspective on what works and what matters when i went in i took notes on everything and worked my ass off for the first three to five years that i was there and by the final five years it was like i'm gonna i'm just gonna talk to my friends and hang out and have conversations about different things related to the game and not related to the game while in the stands and then at night, I'm working my ass off to watch the tape so that I can provide content that's meaningful. Um, so right, that's that's it's like through the years you uh, elevated yourself to Federal Bureau of Investigation level. You knew all the truths going in, and you're just seeing yeah. what stands out or doesn't doesn't jive with what you've already and, and knowing what resources to use, and the resource isn't your eyeballs <laughs> at practice. Right. Yeah. So. I, well, let's get some quick hitters on some some specific players. Uh, let's start with the Shrine Game players. Uh, Jabari Small, the Tennessee running back. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people are talking about Jalen Wright, but I had I I see a lot of good things out of Jabari Small. I mean, he's only two hundred and five pounds, so he's not necessarily like a 
you know, a massive guy, but he runs hard. I think he has good vision. I think he makes good decisions. He's someone that I think might be a little bit underrated in terms of ability to make a roster. All right. Uh, Blake Watson from the new uh, running back U, uh, Memphis. Yeah, and who came from another school. I'm trying to remember where it was. I think Old Dominion was where he was. Blake Watson, to me, is a very underrated back, kind of a Giovanni Bernard, Austin Eckler type of running back. I think if Giovanni Bernard came out around the time Austin Eckler did, he would have a much different career, and he had a pretty good one. He can... Blake Watson can catch. He runs tough between the tackles. He's a pretty good blocker. I think he's a good all-around back that if he performs well at the combine, could be an earlier pick than people realize. And a fantasy uh, A more a higher-profile school, Texas. Uh, Jonathan Brooks, running back there. Guy can pass protect really well, has good size. I'm looking mm. forward to watching a little bit more. He has the chance to be a three-down back in the league. Um, so he's one that I would certainly keep an eye out for you know how athletically he matches up and i would imagine that it's pretty darn good if you're at texas i will just quickly suggest that in the league where they spend a quarter of a billion to a half billion on quarterback contracts and rising uh pass protection is good skill for running backs to have uh malik washington of virginia probably one of my receiver yeah probably one of my favorite wide receivers in the draft class who isn't at the top of the conversation but isn't as far down as I think a lot of people might have him. He he's out of UVA, played at Northwestern. This guy can make. He's a slot receiver with big play capability, meaning that he can he's play kind of outside. Thick, right? Yeah, he's built like a running back. He runs like a running back. He catches a ball like a top end wide receiver. Makes good adjustments. He's not a bad route runner. This guy I think is going to be an underrated contributor in the league. Maybe even a potential starter within his the, his first contract and a good one. South Carolina, I was, go to the Senior Bowl. South Carolina wide receiver Xavier Leggett. I think DK Metcalf is the is probably the comp a lot of people are going to give to him, and I think that there's a lot of good reasons for that. Um, big physical. I think he's going to be fast enough, makes the plays. I mean, at worst, he's somewhere between Alshon Jeffrey and DK Metcalf. And to me, if he's between those two, that means he's got enough of the athletic goods to play in the league. Barring anything crazy off field, um, I really like him, and I think that you know he's part of the reason why this is a this is a, a pretty strong draft class. If you're not an analytics guy who does modeling and and see certain models, where I think you know sometimes they you know they have some different ideas about that. You like his quarterback. Spencer Radler. I like what I saw better at South Carolina than I did at Oklahoma. I actually think now that he's draftable, I think he may even be developable. But uh, but I think he's got a bit of a ways to go. He moves better in the pocket than I thought. He has. He's great. I'll put it this way. He's great against. I think he's great against man and blech against zone or it's the opposite i don't remember right off the bat but it's one of those that he's like all in on one he's got (laughs) half a game right now yes gonna need more than that malachi corley of the hilltoppers western kentucky wide receiver uh this kid's gonna be one of those sleepers he already is he's great after contact he's another running back playing wide receiver but can adjust to the football very well in zone He's going to have a role early in his career, even if it's not a full-fledged one. But if he can develop into a full-fledged guy, look out because this dude runs over people, or through people. He's kind of like he's a he's a um, he's a like I would say premium kit for DJ Moore. But if DJ Moore were like a model kit, he'd be like the mid-grade version with a chance with some upgrades available. Um, he he has a lot of DJ Moore's game in him. Yeah, we will like that as fantasy managers. Ricky Pearsall from the Gators, uh, wide receiver. Yeah, everyone's talking about McConkey, the Georgia receiver. They're all talking about him as this underrated player who's got a legit NFL game, and you know, and and that he's getting overlooked a bit. No, he's not, because all y'all are talking about him now. Um, so that's just the nature of how it goes. You know, he's gotten exposed to the point that everybody knows who he is. Ricky Pearsall's the guy that's getting overlooked, who's the other SEC receiver at Florida. 
He watch him with Anthony Richardson, and you will see a player who adjusts well to the football. He might be what um, Alec Pierce was supposed to be, with a better route game, um, and I think quicker than you would expect. Very good um, catch point skills in terms of acrobatics. Um, I love his route running. I think he's going to show up at the Senior Bowl and you're going to hear a lot of buzz about his route running and how good that is because you're going to see that isolated and maybe a little magnified unfairly in these practices where they get these one-on-ones with two-way goes and and it's an inherent advantage for the wide receiver. But still, he's a good one. Former Alabama receiver Javon Baker uh, finished up with the University of Central Florida Knights. Yeah, I think the people in the know, like my guy Devin Jackson, who writes for the Philly Inquirer now, and um, Nick Martin, who's a who's a friend of mine who writes for this about the Steelers, who covers the draft. They've both you can see they've both gotten on to Javon Baker and his game. Baker's got good size. He's he has some really excellent catch point skills. His release game is strong, which is a very important part of playing wide receiver. He's one of those guys that, if he can be a little more consistent and refine his game a bit, could belong as a as a good starter. Um, could he be a number one receiver? I don't know if he's that good, but like the that two A that two one A one B type of guy who can do a lot of number one stuff. Um, but may not be quite the man you want there, but he's underrated and, and there's a little bust quality to his game, but not a ton. I'm, I'm intrigued with all four of these guys from the senior bowl. Those are guys I would listen to about their practices. Keep it in perspective though, people, they have entire careers. We're gauging them on more so than their performance in a single week. Russell uh, Wilson, unfamiliar circumstances. Nobody gave a shit about Russell Wilson at the senior bowl. Nobody gave a fuck about Joyke Bell at the Senior Bowl. There are lots of players like that that people just were like, oh, right. whatever. You right. Know. It's a single data point in a long series of those. So yeah. be mindful of that. Be mindful of us returning next week uh, for another edition of uh, Feel It or Fuck It. And, uh, and for now, let's go do something else, Matt. Yeah, I'm going to work on the rookie scouting portfolio. Matt there Walton. you go. Dot com, 2195. You can get it. You can pre-order. It'll be available April first. Pleasantly shocking readers since two thousand six. So, I have uh, no shocks here. I am totally familiar with it, and uh, and refer to it back. Like you think, oh, well, what am I going to gain from a single year purchase? I study these things going back multiple years to see what the view of was players as they came into the league. Now that they are established or failed or, to establish themselves, and try and figure out why or. Uh, on either end. Some so great information, picks. great reference. Yep. Yeah, yep. great reference for piece for, for going forward. So go out and order that up uh, and join me in the ranks of Pleasantly Surprised every damn year. Love you, Mac. Goodbye. Love you, Bob.